Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news podcast from Business in Vancouver newspaper. I'm Tyler Orton. Now look, the tech sector in both British Columbia and Canada, it's been on a tear in recent years. I think everybody knows that. Uh, We're seeing unicorn after unicorn just kind of emerge with these billion dollar valuations. And well, guess what? The labor market is getting increasingly tight so how do we kind of manage that growth with all the uh, the headwinds ahead of us? Our guest today is Chris Albinson. He is CEO of the Ontario-based technology hub known as Communitech. It's pretty much, you know, best known for supporting startups when it comes to everything from, you know, tapping capital, mentors, tapping talent, all those kinds of things that those early stage companies that they really do need to know if they are going to succeed. And he's actually here in Vancouver this week for the Data Effects Summit. It will be a summit kind of examining the efforts to really up our game when it comes to creating more of that uh, digital first society, I think, that we're all going towards. So, Chris, I, I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Hey, Tyler. really uh, enjoying the opportunity to chat with you. So, yeah, you know, I, I want to get into a bit of a broader conversation here, obviously, about the Canadian uh, tech sector. But before we do that, maybe tell listeners who might not be familiar, what, what is Communitech's mandate? Yeah, so we're, we're kind of a, a funny organization that was founded almost 25 years ago uh, by the founders of uh, OpenText and BlackBerry and many other uh, you know, big tech companies uh, from back in the day when they were just getting going and saying, hey, look, if we're going to go build big things um, that really can have an impact on the planet, uh, we really need to work together. So there's a little bit of an expression here in the Waterloo region of, you know, if you want to build something big uh, like a barn, uh, you got to come together to do it. And, and that's really what uh, Communitech is all about. So, you know, for 25 years, we've been helping uh, build world-class tech companies, helping them get the talent, access to markets and access to capital they need to build world-class companies. So if we look across the, uh, the the broader labor sector across Canada right now, I think StatsCan had some data out earlier this month and showed that we had a million job vacancies right now. I think that's a record high. And the tech sector is not immune to that situation. Uh, we also have kind of the, the domestic firms. They are trying to compete for talent with a lot of these large multinationals that are uh, really liking what Canada has to offer. So they're setting up shop too. So it it creates a lot of challenges for growing the domestic uh, tech sector here. What are some of the ways that, you know, we we can try to address what's going on with those talent shortages? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's a really exciting time. Um, You know, it's amazing to kind of look back in a very short 12 years, Canada went from really flatlined uh, in our tech, tech sector. Uh, If you remember, BlackBerry had gone down, Nortel had gone bankrupt. Uh, There was really no private uh, venture capital in the country. You know, flash forward 12 years later, Canada is now the second largest innovation hub on the planet and the fastest growing by 4x. Um, And so that creates both challenges and opportunities for us. Um, As you articulated, if you look at our tech sector, our domestic high growth companies, uh, we now have 17,000 venture-backed startups in the country. uh, And those companies uh, raised $17.2 billion uh, in the last 12 months. Uh, Just to put that in context, that's more than 4x the previous record. Um, So we're really on a tear. Um, And that money came in in the last 12 months not to sit around. Uh, It's there to, you know, go hire, you know, people to do the high quality work to build these companies to really take on the world. And so we are feeling some pressure, uh, no question about it. Uh, You know, Communitech, we run the largest job board uh, for uh, tech jobs uh, in the country. And I'm uh, just looking at it as we speak. And as of 
this afternoon, there are 16,855 job openings across the companies across the country. And as you point out, uh, there's companies like Google, um, like Meta, uh, like Netflix, uh, like Pinterest, um, Stripe, that are all setting up uh, shop uh, Slack in, Van- you know, in the lower, lower mainland, uh, you know, coming to Canada, you know, really taking advantage of the great talent that we produce. Uh, but there's something else that I think people are, you know, maybe missing. Um, it used to be uh, the United States was the place where all the best talent in the world could come, feel welcome, uh, come build amazing things. And, um, you know, really since Trump, uh, I'd say like that was the best advertisement Canada could ever have had. Um, you know, you know, people aren't welcome uh, and don't feel welcome from coming from other places in the world to the United States. And that's really, um, you know, ended up being you know, a huge advantage for, for Canada. You know, that young woman who's graduating MIT from Bangladesh and she wants to go build an awesome big company. Um, she can come to Canada. Um, she can have full access to global talent, global markets, global capital. Uh, but she can also come to a place that welcomes her, um, that allows her to bring talent from all over the world to help her build the company. You know, that place used to be Silicon Valley. Uh, it is no longer. And so, yet, yes, there are tensions uh, in the labor markets around talent for us right now. But there's also massive opportunity. Uh, and I can put some more numbers on it for you if you like, but I'm... I'm rambling on. You can tell I'm a little excited by this topic. Well, no, it's interesting because I think some folks may have expected that uh, the new president, Joe Biden, would have uh, made immigration policies a little bit more progressive south of the border. But that really hasn't happened. You know, is Canada still benefiting from kind of those more progressive immigration policies that um, I think a lot of companies seem to be seizing on right now? Yeah, there's no question about it. Uh, I was down in Washington, D.C. just a couple of weeks ago and they were all excited to talk to me about, you know, our global skills immigration policy and the, you know, how progressive that is and how that's really fueling economic growth for Canada. Uh, we did something a little funny uh, during the pandemic. Uh, we bought a billboard in Times Square in the middle of the pandemic, and um, it was super cheap because there was nobody there. Um, uh, and you say, well, why would you buy a billboard in a place where there's nobody there? Uh, we bought a billboard and basically said, you got H-1B problems, which is the work visa for most tech workers in the United States. And we said, you know, come to Canada. So again, you probably say, why would you buy a billboard in Times Square when nobody could ever see it because no one's there? Um, That billboard got 45 million media impressions across the United States. Uh, The U.S. US Congress had hearings on how this little organization up up in Canada was going after the international talent uh, in the United States. So uh, there's no question. um, It's been a huge opportunity for you, for us, if if I uh, put a f- couple more numbers on it for you, because I think it matters. The United States used to um, have uh, immigration flows in you know, somewhere around a million, a million, two people per year. Not as targeted as global skills. Um, but, you know, a you know, ton of people are coming into the country every year. Uh, last year, less than 250,000 people uh, came into the United States, largely on uh, family reun- reunification uh, uh, visas, not sort of work-related, and Canada, Canada added almost 400,000 people. Uh, so we're one-tenth their size, and we added more people from around the world than they did last year. And our folks are really coming here to build really awesome companies uh, for the planet. So, yeah, we absolutely got uh, an amazing advantage right now and uh, excited that we're 
we're continuing to press it. I think uh, back in the 90s, there's all the worries about a brain drain south of the border. And that, that isn't really top of mind for, I think, uh, a lot of companies at, at this point. But uh, I'm also wondering about kind of the other things that we can do beyond immigration. Um, British Columbia, they, they've been embarking on uh, these kinds of new micro-credential programs. I'm just wondering about kind of the education factor as well, like getting people into the workforce at kind of a quicker rate than, hey, I need to go get my uh, my master's in, in computer science before I really want to uh, start working here in the industry. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a thoughtful question. Um, and just to kind of hit your first one, um, you know, I really think it's about the flow of people. Like we, you know, as much as we're kind of celebrating the net gain, so just to give you a sense, the number one place in the world um, that brought in tech talent above and beyond what they graduated from their universities, including international students. Uh, last year was still Silicon Valley. They brought in about 50,000 people uh, from around the world above and beyond what they graduated from the universities in Northern California, uh, including their international students. Um, uh, in Canada, we, we brought in a little under uh, 50,000. We're just nipping at their heels. I think there's a good chance we pass them this year. So uh, we're definitely solidly in the brain gain mode. Uh, not only are we seeing, um, you know, Canadians return, uh, but people from all over the world that, you know, thought that they can go to the United States and build big, meaningful, impactful uh, companies, you know, are increasingly finding their way to Canada. I think that's super exciting. In terms of your, your other question, um, also super thoughtful on the education side uh, in meeting um, the skills, skills need. You know, the, the place where we're seeing, you know, the highest uh, bang for the buck is still co-op. Uh, so co-op engineering, co-op, um, you know, computer science, mathematics, um, you know, those programs, uh, you know, whether or not you look at the co-op program at UBC or UVic uh, or the ones really right across the country, they're producing, you know, top um, technical skill uh, in the world. You know, so top 20 uh, schools in the world, uh, you know, Consistently, Canadian universities are on the top list. University of Waterloo um, is really sort of the crown jewel for us, uh, producing a little over 10,000 students a year uh, and is the number one recruited school for Google, Facebook, Microsoft, um, uh, Slack, Stripe. I could go down the list. Um, so we've actually got a really great way to help Canadians get, uh, especially young Canadians, get the education they need, get into that workforce and be very, very competitive globally. And speaking about being competitive globally, a lot of the draw has to come from kind of the, the projects or the subsectors that uh, talent, international talent, would get the opportunity to work on if, if they come over here. Uh, just from your kind of broad perspective, you know, what are those kinds of subsectors in Canada that we excel at versus other countries? I, I don't know if it might be quantum computing or virtual reality, but what's your take on the uh, the specific subsectors that would be kind of a, a big draw for a lot of that international talent? Yeah, I think the one that um, jumps right off the page at you, if you look at the 17,000 venture-backed startups we have in the country and the ones that are having, you know, amazing global success, you know, like Clio in the lower mainland, um, you know, the, the pattern that you see across those companies is it's really um, machine learning and AI as applied to medicine, as, as applied to ag tech, as applied to you know, legal services, as it is in the, in the case of Clio, um, that's really where we've got a density of competency, uh, where we've got companies like the Wellsimpos, Simples in the 
uh, Clearco's and the Coho's, uh, the Neos, um, we've got a density of depth of competence um, and scale. Again, we're, you know, it's kind of funny, like you're kind of in the middle and you're kind of going through the pandemic and thinking, hey, nothing's going on. And uh, you get to the other side of it and you go, holy smacks, how did that happen? We're now the second largest innovation hub in the world and the fastest growing by 4X. Um, and, you know, that that AI ML engine that kind of underlies a lot of the success of the companies is definitely the one that's fueling a lot of the growth. Well, uh, why don't I leave you off with this question? You just gave a, a name drop to Clio, one of the big did, tech yeah. companies uh, here on the West Coast. I'm just curious, you know, uh, I asked you about Canada's reputation. Um, what about BC? What is BC kind of known for when it comes to excelling uh, in the, uh, the the broader tech sector? Yeah, I mean, BC's got um, a really interesting, diverse, um, and amazing uh, tech sector. You know, well known uh, to you know to all your listeners is the you know the success uh, that BC's had going all the way back to Microsoft, uh, you know, Amazon, and some of the you know the big companies down in Seattle uh, that have you know been building presence for a long time. The the interesting thing for me is that you know this next generation of amazing. Uh, you know, BC companies. So Cymax, Elastic Path, uh, you know, Jason Smith's company, Clue, one of the fastest growing companies in Canada right now. Um, Clio, who I mentioned, Fraction, uh, my favorite story uh, in Canada of a founder and one we don't talk nearly enough about is um, Judy Hess. She got less than $4 million. Uh, you know, nobody would back her. Uh, the only indigenous uh, venture capitalist in the country was the only person who would write her a term sheet. She took that $4 million, I think now, uh, nine years ago, and just went public last year in BC uh, for $1.1 billion, one of the all-time highest venture returns we've ever seen in Canada, right there in BC. Uh, you know, Visor, Trulio, uh, JNAP. Um, I could keep going on, man. You've got like a lot of pretty awesome companies out there in BC right now. Well, I'm just going to crack my knuckles and uh, congratulate myself. I, I've been talking to Judy, uh, the CEO of our, at Copperleaf for close to a decade now. We've been covering them very closely as they've just grown into this giant. So it, it's very cool, just, just even for me, like watching how much the tech sector has grown just over the, uh, the last decade or so here on the West Coast. Yeah. And I, I just love you know, that quiet um, methodical approach um, Judy took to building that company. It's just, um, you know, one that every Canadian should be able to, you know, roll off the tip of their tongue. Uh, we should we should celebrate those stories even more. And a tip of the hat to you for covering it so early. Well, I am happy to leave the interview off with you congratulating the uh, reporter. I, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it there. But uh, Chris, I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Yeah, Tyler, I really enjoyed the conversation and really excited to come out uh, to, to BC and looking forward to the City Age conversation in Vancouver on Excellent. Friday. Excellent. Awesome, awesome people coming together for that. Yes. And so that is Chris Albinson. He is CEO of Communitech. And as he noted, he'll be here for the Data Effect Summit on Friday. And I just want to thank everyone for listening. If you go to BIV.com, you can find more interviews, videos, and stories on our website. In the meantime, I just want to thank everyone for joining us on the show today.